I think my first reaction uh, since it was a British decision was to look at my Shakespeare uh, and I thought one could adapt a quote uh, which was facing the British Parliament in these words, whether it was to, in fact, Brexit or not to Brexit. That is the question. <laughs> so I think it's quite appropriate that this huge question, and it is a fundamental question, which was decided last night, was in a way not unexpected. I think many who have been monitoring this process over the two and a half years that these negotiations have been taking place, it doesn't come as a surprise for a number of reasons. Firstly, because all this started in a very deeply polarized situation, which was not just about economics, but also about identity politics and populism between the EU and the UK. And then at the time of that referendum, two and a half years ago, neither the Remainers nor the Leavers expected the outcome, although it was by a small margin. So, so indeed, they were unprepared for the very tough negotiations that have had to take place about all about Brexit. And finally, I think uh, it looks as if Britain, in fact, had a weak hand to play and didn't play that hand as well as it should have. So that's where we are now. In, as far as the United Kingdom is concerned, they're into further deep, uncharted waters with much uncertainty uh, uh, and only 72 days to the, to the deadline of the 29th of March. So what? indeed, to reach the point where these options have, have narrowed and some new decisions have to be taken. Talking about decisions that has been narrowed, what are some of the scenarios and implications, not just for Theresa May, but for the UK in relation to the deal, no deal, and perhaps a second referendum? Well, I, I think, Elvis, firstly, there is that vote of no confidence today, which, of course, uh, it was necessary for the opposition to, in fact, present that after that outcome. But, of course, here, the Conservative Party will rally behind the government because they do not wish to have an election uh, on this issue. Uh, and therefore, uh, I think that will be a safe outcome today. The options are, well, one, one possible option is, of course, that, uh, that Britain can go back to Brussels to see whether this agreement can be tweaked, although my first impressions are there isn't very much room to manoeuvre here. Given the size of that majority, you wouldn't be able to make the fundamental changes, at least the EU would not agree, to the sort of changes that could be indeed force of that vote. The other issue is, of course, whether they can get more consensus within Parliament there as to what they are for. It's clear what they're against. What is not clear is what they are for. They're, they are very factionalized as to whether uh, if there should be a second referendum, whether they should go for the Norway option, etc., so I think that needs to be sorted out. Otherwise, that, that deadline is coming closer. Uh, another option is, of course, to go back to the EU and say, we need more time, uh, and then you could extend that deadline. But I would imagine that the EU would only agree that, that they'd say, OK, uh, we'd be happy to let you have another three or six months, but then there must be a clear process of decision-making, whether it's, it's an election or a second referendum, which will give an outcome. They will not allow this, this to be played out for the sake of it. But in the meantime, this is having a very paralyzing effect, of course, on decision-making. And especially, I noticed that, that, that late last night, uh, I understand that the British Chancellor of the Exchequer had a teleconference with some of the business leaders uh, about the outcome, and he got a very chilly 
to the response. I mean, the argument was, we understand you have to make changes, but what what are the rules? By what rules are we going to play? And what are the consequences of a no mm-hmm. deal? And that's and, and that's and that's a very crucial issue, no. not only for the British community, uh, but for those who do business with the United Kingdom. Talking about that, just briefly in 30 seconds, Professor, how is South Africa affected by this outcome? Well, there's nothing we can do at this stage, but watch. But what I would say to South African business people, and we have a big stake in the British market and the EU market, that our importers must talk to their suppliers. What are you doing? What are the contingency plans you're doing about your supply chains? And our exporters must talk to their importers on that side and say, are there any contingency plans which we can do in the meantime to at least cope with this uncertainty and to protect our supply chains while this uncertainty persists in you know, in the United Kingdom about Brexit.